Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Snapshot episode 51. We are coming off. We're so close. We are so close. 52 is one year, which is a big, that's a big, big achievement for a podcast to make it a year. I mean, honestly, when it comes to podcasting, the biggest thing that differentiates podcasts is just longevity and discipline, I think. I think most people just end up quitting and they just, I don't know, these podcasts, they just disappear. So hitting 52 weeks is incredible. And I'm I'm happy that we we're able to make it this far. And should we, all, like, should we do a thing? I think I was thinking about it. I was thinking about doing like a, a mailbag. Epi- so the thing is, is like, what do we do, right? Um, like a giveaway ans- or a mailbag or a... I like, like mailbag. Viewer special kind of thing. Yeah, I like mailbag because I'd rather do... So it's 52 weeks. It's one year. I'd rather do yeah. questions that are less related to Marvel Snap and maybe take a bit of an L on that week's episode Ooh. in terms of like viewership and yeah. just let the people that have maybe been listening for a long time kind of go wherever the hell they want with their questions rather than maybe being so deep on Marvel Snap. Uh, a giveaway is like, the thing is like with Marvel Snap, what the hell do we give away? Um, maybe season passes. We give away the, the season episode. passes still. Yeah. yeah. But like that is, oh, we could give away like any bundle. Yeah. 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 We, to, we could well, like pick a bundle and give it away. I can, can you that. can you still do giveaways with the the new verse the- shop is still open. We'll have we'll have to look into that, but I'm like 95 percent sure you can. Yeah, I'm pretty mm. sure. Yeah, we should do something. Well, that's this is a great point to say. If you have any ideas of what we should do for the 52nd episode, let us know in the YouTube comments. We'll definitely I actually uh, I actually think that I like your idea. We might do something else on top of that, mm-hmm. but ask us anything. Yeah. That's it's gonna be like a, about you, the viewers, the watchers, the listeners, the people yeah. who have been listening to, the, to us talk on the internet. It's it's still insane that people do that to me, and I'm extremely grateful. And I will repay you by answering questions like how much you bench. <laughs> yeah, yeah, two twenty, two twenty pounds or LB <laughs> or, or sorry, it was a uh, it was a uh, kilograms. Yeah, that was a uh, yeah. So questions really about anything can be about other card games. I mean podcasting content whatever you guys want we could we'll pretty much answer anything so we it can also be about marvel snap but like yes also, also about marvel snap about design state of the game anything you want just feel it to us we'll get it queued up all right so we come off the back of blob releasing which is a 6-4 and says on reveal merge your deck into this and gain its total power ongoing can't be moved so obviously this came out after the Chavez nerf. Chavez was a card that mm-hmm. when we originally evaluated this card, I was like, okay, I mean, probably just put Chavez in this deck. Well, that wasn't the case. The next thing I went to was, I guess you put it in a Thanos deck because you sure do. would have a larger deck size. How did that end up playing out as the card release scam? I think it is probably the second or third best deck in the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, depending on like sort of where you think about it. I think people are treating it like it's the best deck in the game, but they're just like... What's actually happening here is a combination of two things. One, people love playing Thanos. Two, people hate playing Loki. Mm-hmm. And Loki is what beats Thanos. And so if everyone who was playing Loki is like, finally, I can play Thanos again. It's just Thanos mirrors all the time until everyone figures out that Loki beats Thanos again. Right. <laughs> so uh, right now, I would say the best deck in the game is Loki. Uh, I would say that it is the best deck in the game by a wider margin than it was previously because of all the Thanos that's running around right now. And I think that in addition, the blob hurt Darkhawk, which made the biggest competition in Loki's own niche bounce get a little bit worse. And so Loki ends up 
coming out on top just when it was finally mm. starting to fade away and there were starting to be better options. Now, I think there are not better options anymore. And mm. Loki is the best deck again. Uh, but that said, I mean, like, I, I like playing Blob. Blob is super cool. Uh, one thing that I do think is happening, though, and I, I don't know the right way to say this because I, I got accused of, like, not being willing to admit that I was wrong about Blob. And I want to be clear. I was wrong about Blob. He's better than I thought he was. But he's like this very specific card. Like he is he goes in exactly a deck where you either copy him. Taskmaster Zola or you win a lane before turn six. Those are the decks he goes. in. Mm -hmm. That's it. And if those decks aren't good, he's not good because generally speaking, just winning one lane on turn six is not incredible. Right. So you need to be make sure that you're filling that exact role. Now, I, I think Blob right now is it, it, it's weird. They nerfed Eliath and then released, you know, this is kind of a lie too, right? So it's uh, I think it's actually I'll say this. I think it's actually better than a because when Loki gets it, it's not good. But when Loki gets a you fucking die. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so there is that. But like it's uh, it's a little bit like odd for me when they talk about how lockdown is like not an archetype they like existing. And it's like, have you seen the cards you're making? You released like Eliath Miss Marvel Blob in a span of like what eight weeks? <laughs> like, what are we, what are we doing here? Where you're like, I hate lockdown. Here are cards that only work there. I, mm. I don't like people what, like to blame. What kind Professor of decks X. Do, do they like? You think that that's because I I remember we had Glenn on. He was talking about yeah. This, this was before Loki came out. The current state of mid range yes. and tech cards and how he didn't like that. And then obviously no, we they had, yeah. We yeah, had him on post Loki, right? Uh, pre Loki, actually, about the oh. week or two before Loki. So it was like mid range. It was uh, mid range. No, tech no, no, card. no. I remember we asked him. We we were like, "Do you think that th that like Loki inverting the metagame is good?" We were talking about that, and he said it was a dub that Shang Chi's play rate dropped. Mm, I could have. So it was I, like yeah. the week at the week Loki came out. Yeah. So like right after. Yeah. Yeah. What kind of decks are they like though? What are they actually going? For? What is their ideal metagame? You think? I think they're looking I think their ideal metagame is one that moves and their ideal metagame involves a lot of, you know, players getting to do what they want. So mm -hmm. I think their ideal metagame would be something like, you know, you have a deck like Sue that matches up into Cerebro three, right? Like players you like I think their ideal metagame is stuff like Patriot, Cerebro three, Zoo, Hella, where it's just like these are the points I'm putting on the board and the positioning of those points is what matters. I think mm. that's sort of their ideal metagame. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I worry that's like overly idealistic, but I'm sure I'm sure they're not. I'm sure they're not stupid enough to think that's realistic, but I think like in an, in a world where they could magically make it like that, they would. Mm. Uh, so that's that. I mean, that just, that just makes sense to me. Like if all these decks with like these tent, like uh signpost build arounds are good, that's obviously something they want. But it's like very unrealistic for that to ever actually mm -hmm. happen. But like, yeah, I think I think their ideal their ideal world would be something like that, where like the, the, the decks that are like signpost build arounds are good decks. And that's what the meta revolves around. It's funny with Loki becoming the best deck or at least the best deck in your eyes again, because I feel like if this had happened in a different context, 
I would have been ready to maybe join the mob and pitch, pick up the pitchforks once again. But Loki becoming the best deck due to these conditions is very healthy, right? Blob comes in, it yes. takes out one of his competitors, um, et cetera, et cetera. And now Loki is good again. Like that, that, that is a healthy way for Loki to yep. be the best deck. Agreed. Pre nerf Loki was a, so I think that although it is now in the, maybe in the number one spot again, it's it's all good because you know that that is Agreed. just a metagame changing. So healthy. I think Loki is balanced right now. Mm-hmm. I think we've finally gotten to the point where Loki is balanced. It's just like he's been there for so long and he's yeah. only really there at the top level of play. And so at what point is it a problem that someone like Tanjo, who, for those of you who don't know, he's like currently ranked two. He finished rank one like two seasons ago. He finished rank two like last season. He's a massive grinder, basically a Loki one trick. What does it mean that and like to be clear, he's not a Loki one trick because it's the only deck he knows how to play. He's a Loki one trick because it's been the best deck the whole time. He's a best deck one trick, right? What does it mean that that's just been him playing Loki for three months? (laughs) That's if you're looking at like a guy who's just like, I'm going to play the best deck all the time. And it's just been the same deck with the exception of like last week when it was the other bounce deck. Mm -hmm. I just uh, it feels a little like. I actually I'm actually 100% fine with Loki. I think it's a balanced fine ish card right now. I don't really feel the need to do anything about it. But at some point, you kind of just want to see what the metagame can do outside of the sky, because he really has a downward force effect on a lot of mid range decks that could exist. Mm. Are you happy with the impact that Blob has had on the metagame and the Thanos archetype? Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. People love playing Thanos. Like, this is a super fun deck. Thanos is so, 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 so dope. They can't push us down. They can nerf him as many times as they want. And we're going to play Thanos. So Uh, one thing I I think would kind of be stupid not to acknowledge this is that everyone seems pretty upset about Professor X. But Mm. honestly, honestly, this is my nuclear take. I'm going to I'm going to get killed for this one. I think if you're upset about Professor X. For reasons along the lines of like, oh, it just feels like the game ends when I play it. I I lose when my opponent plays that. What's actually happening is you've, you're noticing that you've lost. Yeah, illusion of you die on turn four yeah. all the time. You just don't know it. Yeah. And so that actually makes Professor X worse than those cards. Lower cube equity because you look at it and you realize. Well. Yes, I would get I would get killed for this one, but I would I would argue that Galactus was in a similar vein. <laughs> to be Galactus honest. is like worse though, right? Like Galactus is in a similar vein, but the ways you deal with Galactus were much uh, harder to implement into your deck. Whereas mm-hmm. the way you deal with Professor X is like be ahead. <laughs> like yes. like the way you deal with Galactus is like uh, I hope I don't get Galactus. <laughs> <laughs> because oh my bad i didn't include the cards that beat this in my deck i guess i die right and mm. galactus of course like you know taking away two lanes is a little bit stronger than taking away one lane you're very uh, right about about the, twice the, as strong perhaps yeah uh, the, but yeah no like like i i do think that if your argument against professor x is holy shit this guy is annoying i have no issue with it mm. but i think a lot of people are like this card is too strong and I just don't think that's true. 
Yeah, this is a, uh, I mean, this is an issue that has transcended card games where it's uh, players really don't like the cards that take away the illusion of agency. You know, I mean, whether or not they lost the game on turn two or turn three against their opponent, uh, it just does not feel as bad as when you are actually locked out of the game. When you're looking at it. Yeah, a la Trinisphere, a la Chalice of the Void. Right. Professor X, et cetera. Um, Yeah, I mean, it's been like that in in most games. So, yeah, I also think that Professor X is is annoying. Um, The one thing I don't like about that card sometimes, or at least I didn't like it in the past, is sometimes my opponent would make, in my opinion, a bad play and then completely smoke me because they made it. <laughs> I'm just like, <laughs> I mean, that happens. That happens. That, that happens. Yeah. Like that's not a higher incidence of occurrence with professor X. That's just some shit that happens. Like I, uh, I, I think that professor X is fundamentally a balanced card that mostly just sucks ass to play against. And mm. if your argument for why it should be nerfed is I fucking hate that guy. I'm totally with you. But yeah. if your argument is he's actually too strong, I just don't think that's true. <laughs> like, I, I, he's a, a fine card. And frankly, I, I think that you genuinely are sacrificing a decent amount to make it up. Like if you really want to beat a Thanos deck right now, uh, play Killmonger on turn three and it'll reveal after they've revealed all their stones and then they, they just immediately eat it. Like I you can do that. You can play Loki on turn four. Uh, get their Jeff and Blue Marvel like that. That'll work, too. Like there, there, there are definitely like ways to deal with the guy. He's a good card, but I think a lot of the reason he gets hate is because he makes you realize that you've lost. So ironically, he's getting hate for the reasons that he's a worse card than some other cards. Mm. Cards like Blob, for example, are strong because you don't know how big it's going to be, right? Cards like Loki are strong because you don't know what they got. And Professor X is face up, which makes him worse. But he feels more oppressive because of that, because you get to feel like you're in the game against those other cards, even when you're not. I wonder if we'll see a Professor X rework, because in my opinion, it's one of the few cards left in the game that violates a core tenet of uh, Marvel Snap, which is not printed cards that say you can't play or you can't do this because i mean that i'd rework him if i were that yeah now. in general it's looked at as bad card design um but you know, I, mean, I, I, I think the real question is like the real question is not are they going to rework him because i think at this point it's just like abundantly clear right the real question is are they going to nerf him and then rework him <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. i think it is i think it's very clear based on uh some of the comments they've made publicly Makes but sense. they don't like the guy so i think the yeah. real question is if he's going to take a double hit or if they're going to let him stick around through this OTA and then fix him in the next patch. Yeah, there's there's levels to it, right? I mean, yep. he could take a power nerf here and there, but he could also get a Chavez treatment or something like that. Right, like what? Like but that's, that's the thing, though, right? If they if they hit him with the power nerf now and then Chavez him later. Like, yeah, like the Kitty Pride. Isn't that a like, little much? Well, <laughs> <laughs> like. Some, somebody asked about that actually like it was not about professor x but just in regards to kitty pride where they're just like should i even buy this card now it just feels like they hate this card <laughs> they, they <nerf. laughs> it's just never coming back all right came i want to ask oh, you because you prepared man. with moyen for conquerors hmm. what did that preparation look like and what are were you satisfied sort of with the event how was moyen's performance i didn't have a chance to, to tune in so uh like moyen moyen got crushed we had bad decks because the what what happened was i was still in the event when we were submitting decks 
Mm-hmm. And so I wasn't able to like, you know, help Moyen do submitting decks because that was my competition at the time. Right. And so by the time I was able to start prepping with him, he had already submitted his decks and they were not good. Uh, that's just one of those things that happens. Uh, but yeah, they, they were they were not good. And the prep was mostly figuring out which of his decks was the least fucked. <laughs> and that was uh, that was pretty much what we were trying to figure out there. Uh, for the record, Lambie had the best lineup in there in that he was the only person with Darkhawk Annihilus and mm-hmm. Loki. And his Loki deck was the best Loki built. And his Darkhawk Annihilus deck was probably the best version of that. But he was the only one on there. He actually... Lambie actually told Browday he thought the Darkhawk Annihilus deck was bad. And so Browday didn't bring it. And then like a day later, Lambie is like, yo, no, this deck is actually really good. (laughs) Next level strategies. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, but yeah, no, he didn't do that on purpose for the record. Just very Mm. funny. Uh, But yeah, so I think I think basically what happened is Lambie had the best lineups and is an extremely talented player. I would say Lambie and Moyen are people that I consider equally good in terms of how uh, that works out. But one of them finished first and the other one finished 16th. Yeah. So I don't know if I don't, having a good lineup, man. I don't know how much Moyen is engaged with the game these days as well. I think he probably came back. Last time Conquers. he wasn't engaged with the game, he won Twitch Rivals. Yeah. I mean, that's uh, that's why that's why he gets 16th <laughs> like, and he's still in the conversation. You know, like a lot yeah. of people that get 16th, we'd be like, oh, you know, but like Moyen, he's, nah, I mean, he's really fair, good. He got 16th because he realized that he was in a losing position and had to gamble for an eight cuber at the very end. He ended up losing that eight cuber. If he'd won that mm. eight cuber, he would have stayed in. And it was just one of those, like, this is the last game I have to go for it kind of plays. Yeah. That's how she goes. Play to your outs. Sometimes it happens. Yeah. All right. Well, there's one other thing I want to ask you about. I didn't have a chance to watch the video, but you had mm. a lead flesh and blood game designer, Brian Gottlieb ah, to rate. Yeah. My boy, Marvel snap cards on your YouTube channel. I've seen that video. Go check it out. But I want to get a little, t- a little, a little sentiment from you. Okay. How did the flesh and blood, designer do how did he do was he pretty accurate yeah he was really good man yeah i like throwing loki on these as a way of fooling people because Mm. it's like this insanely broken card but when you look at it as a card gamer like one of the things no hands said really stuck with me no hands gamer the hearthstone Mm. player one of the hearthstone players who i've had on there uh shout out to no hands gamer he said when he looked at loki he was just like there's no way they would let this card be good so it has to suck. <laughs> so when Brian got to Loki, he looked at it and he was like, I have no idea how this isn't the best card in the game. <laughs> like, like, just wow. Instantly. Like, you wouldn't believe this, he, but it is. <laughs> one of the one of the things that he, he talked about was like, because he know like one of the things that he talked about is an advantage because like he was around for release Zabu. Mm-hmm. So he knows it's totally in their range for them to just make something that's insanely busted. And uh, yeah, that's what they did with Loki. And he just he's the only person who has not been fooled by Loki's first line of text. Mm, I love giving it to card gamers because in other card games, there's not as much overlap between decks that you play. But in Marvel Snap, there's so much overlap that I feel like Loki ends up better than that effect would in other card games. That's one of the reasons I put him on there. And yeah. he just like absolutely, absolutely Brian, read it. Brian has also so played Marvel read. Snap. Yeah, I mean, he's he played has. Marvel Snap. So like, yeah. Yes. Uh, but like well, that was an absolute soul read. He just yeah. absolutely was just like, oh, damn, he got me. I wonder if just I wonder if Flesh and Blood players in general would would be able to recognize Loki's power. Because, uh, yeah, it, it also jumped out to me. 
but I uh, I've it been did. playing I've been playing Marvel Snap and uh, I don't know you just the, these cost reductive cards and then the the paradigm of copying the cards is just nuts. So that's funny. That's funny that he got it correct. I'm interested to see. He, yeah, he's, he 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 knocked it out of the park. One of the things I was also impressed with Brian was like a lot of these videos are like me and my friends hanging out. Yeah, like uh, these are people that I mostly know. Uh, like I I talk to BBD a lot. Uh, Brian Brondoon is on the first one. Like the only, the only person who I didn't know going into these, I didn't know no hands and I didn't know Trump, mm. but basically everyone else that I've had on here is someone I have known for a while. And Brian is one of those people, but he took it so seriously. Well, yeah. <laughs> he can't really get it wrong. I feel like, uh, no, would, he was like, he was like, it would look bad. I, I have analyzed the situation. Here is my insight. Here is my thought process on why they approached it this way. No jokes. Yeah. Just no, no goofs and gaffes. And I was like, when I put it up, I was worried. I was like, damn, is this like, is this too much vegetables? Is this too many? Like, is this just like you're eating your veggies and learning about game design? And then, you know, I got a bunch of uh, comments that were like, this is the best one you've ever done. Mm. People love veggies is, is what I learned from that. Like, they want to yeah. see vegetables, I guess. Yeah, I promise I won't detract too much from all snap, but I, I've said many, many times on another podcast that Brian Brian Gottlieb was probably one of the best things that happened to Flesh and Blood because he's a good designer. Yes, he's the lead designer, but he's also probably one of the most articulate, concise really uh, people you will ever meet. And he is very, very charismatic as well. So, I mean, they just got the full package there. I mean, you have him on, you talk to him, and you're like... I don't know what you're making. I don't know what this game is, but I'm confident in it. Let me try it out. I got multiple <laughs> comments to that effect. Yeah. yeah. Like literally just word for words. Like I've never heard of this game, but now I want to play it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he did his job. That's all I'm saying. He did that's, good. that's not his job. That's, <laughs> no. that's not his job. <laughs> nope. <laughs> but he does that. Yeah. Yep. That is not his job. All right. On to the Ben the Snap section. So we had a ton of comments on last week's video. We picked out a few. Here we go. First one is from me taking a stand. He said, yeah, I climbed 1000 SP last season and I've gotten, I've got to say it wasn't worth the amount of effort. I started 7,100 and wanted to hit AK. I did. And I think it reset me to 7,200. 800 SP peak climb isn't close to impossible, but it's, it's a more significant time sink than I have. Love the idea that you get rewards based on SP climbed though yeah i really like that idea i think i think that that would be the only kind of reward i would pitch to them mm. that said i do feel like rewards based on sp climbed kind of punishes the people at the top because i don't know how many people know this but i, I get very asymmetrical gains yeah. like i basically lose four sp per cube and i gain three sp per cube and so it does sort of punish people at the top in terms of climbing uh a little bit if they're they're going to be actual rewards there but like maybe what you can do is like you know put a threshold like if you're below 8k sp uh, you get yeah maybe that does make it actually too hard unfortunately because you know, I, like, I do like the idea i say up to me i say who cares that it's asymmetric that some people have it easier some people have it all just harder it just like it doesn't matter the like marvel sam has been like that literally since the genesis where people have climbed a rank ladder a rank system and the climbs have not been 
the same. They've been asymmetric in a way. And it's okay. Like at this point, it's okay. I would just, this system inherently, it just gives people more content to engage with and gives them a way to sort of get a reward for the time they put in. Cause right now it feels like you hit infinite. And then after it's just kind of up to you. If you want to have number yeah. go up, number go up, go higher. It's, you know, there's not a lot of content there that's actually being fed to you from the actual game. So I think it would be imperfect. Like you say, I mean, you could definitely game the system, but Hey, if you want to game the system for a variant, sure. <laughs> yeah sure why not sure surely no one would ever do that <laughs> yeah literally everybody would do that everybody would have the variant but nobody that's... would ever do that mm. all right next one canadian bacon i said question for the pod in magic winning certain tournaments allowed you to work with their design team to design a new card you get uh you get to do this for snap what card say and you know hypothetically you get to do this for snap what sure. card or concept uh would you pitch i'll go first galactus but you played on turn one <laughs> i'm kidding <laughs> uh okay my pitch would probably end up being um there are two kinds of cards one would be like a nico minoru type card modal mm-hmm. and the other would be just make me a scaling threat like werewolf or bishop or whatever. I just want to be that. That's what I would want to be. I'd want to be a scaling threat or like a modal flex flex card. Like the two archetypes of cards I'm talking about are like snow guard Nico and then like bishop werewolf. Those are the archetypes I'm talking about. Uh, actually, what I would do is I would I would okay. Here's here's what I'd want to be. I'd want to be release Angela. <laughs> Bring her back. <laughs> No, but yeah, I'd want to be a scaling threat or a modal one drop. Mm. I'd have to think more about it, but what initially would come to mind is something that would allow you to engage with your deck a bit more um, in Snap, whether it's putting like in some sort of concept, drawing cards in uh, while also putting cards back on the bottom of the deck in some sort of way uh, in order as a way to exchange that. Obviously, that would be oppressively broken. But finding a way to do that to where you can somewhat stack your deck in a favorable manner and play this somewhat metagame outside of the game that is you playing sort of a solitaire with, I know, solitaire, dangerous word, with your deck while also playing the game of Marvel Snap. I just love games that allow you to do that. Not in a way that makes it a one-sided experience, but I like it when I get to play a little sub game while playing the game. And I don't feel you like, like to, Marvel. Do you like to play solitaire with your deck? I love I love you, you like know to what I love doing? with your deck. I love you like, tu- you like- I love touching my deck. I love decks yeah. that let me touch yeah. my deck. Because if yeah. I'm touching my deck, I'm probably drawing cards. And it's just it feels so good. Like it feels, it feels good, good when you touch your deck. Yeah. Yeah. You pick up the deck, you look yeah. through the deck, you find the card you need. Mm-hmm. I think that the uh, the phallic references are going a little bit too. Bit what too are you talking crazy. about? Yeah, we well, yeah yeah yeah. What's well, I think? Uh, people what watching mean? the YouTube will know seeing your face for the past thirty seconds. I have no <laughs> idea what you mean. Next question, Mitchell Lamb. Uh, question: Like you mentioned, brood abs and uh, move decks were finding traction because they were blanking Shang and Enchantress. Do you think there is a deck or shell that is doing the same to Shadow King? Is that the crux of why the Jarvis deck, your deck from last week, is doing so well? Thanks. Yes, that is actually the crux of why the Jarvis. Yes, be- like Dark Hawk being ongoing goes from a disadvantage to an advantage depending on what's in the metagame to deal with him, right? And the fact that everyone is all on Shadow King means that there's a ton of situations in that deck, pre blob, of course. You can just like play Dark Hawk out and be like, yeah, that, that's a that's a 412. Mm-hmm. Deal with it. 
Like, <laughs> do something about that 412. You can't Shadow King it. Sorry. Yes, obviously. Your deck. Uh, sorry, maybe not obviously, but like, yeah, totally. Your deck does need to change in reaction to the metagame and Darkhawk being ongoing did go from a disadvantage to an advantage as people made the one tech slot in their deck Shadow King instead of other options. Mm -hmm. Next one. Alex, I'm really curious to know what data the auto builder is pulling from. Sometimes it will build you the perfect 12 cards for a deck, but then somehow it doesn't know that Stature and Black Bolt should go together. Question yeah. mark. What, like, what I, is it? Uh, I heard this is actually worse uh, when you're not you don't have as many cards when you may be series one, series two, people say it was doing crazy stuff. I mean, that makes sense, right? I'm guessing it has bans. This is just my guess. I don't actually know, but I'm guessing what it does is it has collection level bans mm. and it looks within those collection level bans for the best performing deck with that card in it at that collection level. And if the card is below a certain threshold, it's just like, aha, uh -huh, yo, Forget it. We're just going to build you a totally different deck with that card in it. Don't worry. Uh, you can't actually use that thing profitably. Like one of the things you saw a lot early was like people would pick Angel and ask it to auto build. And it would just build Sherry, but with Angel in it. And it's like, that's probably right. <laughs> like, don't actually try to build around this. It's probably it's probably helping. You yeah, out. that is right. But it's like the opposite of what they want to do. Right? right. Yeah. So what I'm guessing is it pulls from their own internal data. But one thing that we don't know is at what rank is it pulling that? So an example I would look at is like you look at Loki, right? Marvel Snap Zone has it as a tier three deck. Uh, it is currently like a 51% win rate card on untapped. And yet at the top end of the metagame, it's the best deck still, right? For 99% of players, it's not that good. So if you're someone at the top end of the metagame and you're asking it to build you a deck, is it building you a deck for the top end of the metagame? Or is it building you a deck for the wider bell curve? Does it know, for example, that I'm like top 50 or whatever? Is it aware of that when it takes? Does it take that metagame into account when it builds stuff or does it just give me like a deck? And that is, I think, the interesting bit about it to me mm. that I don't know the answer to. If it took, do you think it takes into account metagame at all? Because like if it was taking up metagame, when I, mean, I say metagame, I mean like slices of the player population. The right current like, player population look, like when is it does it look and say oh your 99th percentile let's use the data for top a thousand for this mm, that i'm sure like, that would be sure that not. would be about that <laughs> i i don't know like does it look and say like like maybe not 99th but like uh you're you're infinite here's the data at infinite and that's the best deck with this card at infinite oh you're rank 80 here's the data from 70 to 100 and that's the best deck uh for this card at that level like that's what i'm wondering if it does i don't know yeah, I would be surprised. I mean, this is kind of a not at not super related to what you said. I'd be surprised if it was even looking at like current snapshots of metagame and then making like counters to that. Like like we mentioned with the deck. I don't mean counters. I just mean like, okay, this deck has a fifty five percent win rate at seventy to hundred, but post infinite it's forty five percent. So it doesn't give you that at post infinite, it gives you something else. That's all I mean. Yeah, I was going down a different route. I was just saying in regards to like another question regarding Shadow King. Like I don't I don't think that when it built that deck, it was taking into account Shadow Shadow oh, King's no. representation in the meta. It just kind of no. happened. Uh, yes. It is a f it is pretty interesting though. Because they have this deck builder now, but none of us know how it works. And we're just nope. gonna we just see the results. We're trying to reverse engineer it. But yeah, I I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea how it works. It's it's wild. Um, anyway, next one's from Timothy. They say, since we lost Chavez, can we bring Galactus back to 6-7? Do 
Is it asking for Brendan? So not asking to Brendan, asking on behalf. <laughs> I don't think that, I mean, I think that Galactus is actually, unfortunately, it's uh, it's just a little balanced right now. And I don't think we there's any reason to bring it back. Um, I liked the deck when it was popular and good, but uh, I don't know. I think that the second dinner is just, they really don't want it to be a, like a top deck. And that, that's fine. That's fine for decks like this. That's okay. So we're never going back. Rip. Yep, that's pretty much where I'm at. It seems fine to me. I don't know why I would. Uh, I don't know why you'd uh, do anything about it. I think it's solid. Well, you'd make a few people happy if you did. <laughs> All right, next one. I would make you happy, Kevin Klein. To say, what do you think of Loki copying your opponent and giving minus one, uh, giving minus one cost and minus one power? Might work. I think it's actually honestly, yeah, it might work. Yeah, it's pretty elegant, right? Because yeah. You don't just get... They are yeah. illusions. They're supposed to be more fragile. I Yeah. yeah. I don't hate it. Going for a lower thing, then, for sure. But yeah. I beforehand, I mean, obviously, there's a lot of uh, ingredients, moving parts that happen in Loki that get you to a board state where his effect is so powerful. But just the idea of just getting that full grip, again, at minus one cost, which is... It was broken. But we've... There's multiple knobs, and Glenn was talking about this, too. It's like, they can turn two different knobs, they tune down the power a little bit, and I think you can maybe just tune, keep tuning down that power and maybe tune up the cost knob, and you don't have to do these, like, fundamental reworks of the card. We'll see. Maybe... I mean, Loki... at Loki, in its current state, in my opinion, is a card that's gonna be good, and while it might not be the best deck sometimes, it will always have the possibility to come back and be the best deck. Like, it is just yeah. a really, really good card. I do think knobs are important, and fiddling with your knob okay. can be an important... <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, next one is from M. Handle. Uh, they say, here's, here's a fun question. What's your favorite card or effect from a flavor perspective? Like I was describing Hella Casino to my Magic Gathering friend. I liked it because Casino is just fun, a fun play style. You pointed out that Hella is like raising your stuff from the dead and that's just sweet. What about you guys? This would also be fun, a fun one to the comments. People, uh, people who know Mar Marvel lore might have fun answers. I actually have an answer for this. Apocalypse. Okay. He is being heralded, right? You discard him and he he it's like a, a, a harbinger, right? One of his horsemen. The only thing I don't like about that flavor wise is that instead of it being his horsemen, it's like, you know, blade, lady, Sif, sword, master, whatever. But the way he plays out as this like. Eventual apocalyptic end game, I think that is really well done flavor. And I, I really, I really like Apocalypse in terms of that. Yeah, my favorite is Hulk. He's just a big dumb idiot, you know, just big, big six twelve. Uh, honestly, like I can't really answer this question because I don't. It's not that I don't know Marvel lore. Well, I don't, but I also really don't know like current Marvel lore. Like I really don't watch many current Marvel movies, so my exposure—I mean, I, I don't either. Yeah, my so. exposure to the IP is mostly from when I was younger. Yeah, yeah. so it's limited at best. Last. I'm trying to think of any other ones that I just like really love flavor wise. I think Namor's is good where he gets stronger when nobody's around him. Okay. Because it's like he he runs like this very isolationist society. And so like that that's solid flavor, right? Uh I think that let's see. Who else is who else is like really good flavor? I mean, Doom is great flavor. Um I thought Spider-Man I mean, was good flavor. Maybe just the animation was good. The the, the it was the animation. Yeah. yeah. Current Spider-Man is good flavor, I think. Uh I I'm trying to think of like 
any other like just like absolute flavor wins. But honestly, I, I do think my favorite flavor win is definitely Apocalypse. I'm a big, big fan of how he plays out. You know who's you know who's a flavor win? Hmm. Professor X. <laughs> yeah, not for sorry. Long. Yeah. <laughs> Talk to me about why. Why is why is locking down the location? Why is that a flavor win for him? This. What is he's like a psychic who routinely uses his abilities to disable people mm. like he, he does like psychic attacks yeah. and things like that. I think it fits like obviously it could go on like most of the psychic people. Like if you flipped Jean Grey and Professor X, I would still say it's a flavor win. <laughs> they are. Uh, it's it's kind of. Yeah, I, I think. Yeah. So I think I think that is that is accurate. Uh, other flavor wins. I like the symbiotes. I like I like their whole thing. They like eat and absorb. And I think I think most of the symbiotes are pretty cool. Um, any big recent flavor wins? I mean, Loki's actually. Kind I, of a yeah, I think that Loki's actually in that in that category. Yeah. yeah. Other than that, I can't really think of too many, to be honest. But like, again, there are plenty of Marvel Snap characters or cards that come out where I'm just like, I've never heard of this character. <laughs> so I've, uh, yeah. yeah, I don't know if they're, they're hits or misses, but I, I was actually. It was cool when we were talking to Glenn about how he designs cards because um, he designed some Magic the Gathering universes beyond as well and obviously did the Lord of the Rings uh, set where he's like the lead designer on there. Yeah. It's interesting how deep they go to try to make it work. Oh, you know who's a flavor win is Iron Man. Force Multiplier. Mm. That's just, yeah, that's just really good. I think you've said that too. I think you said that in like an earlier pond that you like the flavor win of Iron Man, so mm -hmm. consistency. Last one is Thunder Keg. Said I for one miss combo in lockdown decks, and do not you like miss <laughs> lockdown, <laughs> and do not like to see everything pushed into mid range soup. I don't consider we gave you combo, comma you can play Hello Living Tribunal, Tribunal and lose, uh, or you can get with the program and play soup to be hugely fun and compelling. So the thing about combo is it's it's usually fun for one person and not very fun for the other one. <laughs> like, like you're describing some very asymmetric fun here where it's like you you like you like when a deck that if we're going to be real should never be good is good. Right. Like zero sum. Fun. Yeah, a little a little bit of that. There's just not a lot of interacting people can do with combo. And if there is enough interacting, then it's not good. Right. There's like exactly a threshold that the deck passes something like Hella, where it's like the soon as it passes that threshold and actually becomes good, the metagame immediately goes to shit because like imagine you had to actually play Hella mirrors or something. Isn't that just like the worst thing anyone's ever invented? Isn't that just like the actual nut low? Well, it's terrible. To be fair, this person also doesn't like Hella. Probably doesn't even like it would be good. I mean, well, no, so they, let's, they let's, say they don't like Hella because it's not good. True. Like, that's the issue. Like, let's use a different combo deck, though. Okay. What's it? What's another good combo deck that people? I mean, you said lockdown. Decks oh, I thought well. you. I thought you had one in mind. I do. It's, I it's like, Galactus. What are you playing, Galactus Mirrors? Those are those are not terrible. They're honest. terrible. Those are not too bad. They're awful. Fun and engaging. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's a weird there's a weird inflection point that happens. I don't know if like all card gamers start out as mid range gamers and then some go to the dark side and become combo players, but there is this weird inflection point where people uh, divert from the mid-range gameplay and then their sole goal in a card game is to not play the game. Right. And like, I think that's the thing. Like we talk about combo like it's an archetype in in the same way that it is in other games, but it's not. 
Because in Marvel Snap, what you mean by combo is I do some stuff that sucks, but then it is ultimately redeemed by me putting 50 points in every lane. Mm. Dra- right. Dracula's like, a combo card. I mean, that's you play, right. You play four sort zero. Sort of, but not really. Like when like what, what this person is talking about is like, you know, living tribunal. Uh or 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 things like that, right? And it's like if those decks are ever good, it's just kind of a nightmare. And it's very much just like, oh, did I do the thing? Then I win. Did I not do the thing? Then I lose. And th- those kind of decks are very exacerbated by the existence of snaps, I mm. think, unfortunately. And so there's this weird scenario to me where, uh, first of all, I don't think the decks, I don't think it's been mid-range soup for a while. I'm going to be honest with you. The last time it was mid-range soup was Brood Abs was mm-hmm. mid-range soup. Um, but like you look at how a Loki versus something else matchup plays out and there's a lot of different ways it can happen. Right. You can win with Loki. You could win without Loki. You'd be like a werewolf collector gamer. You don't want to make your collector too big because then they're going to shang it. There's like things that happen on every lane that you have to actually think a lot about. Whereas with Hela, it's just, okay, well, they just discarded their hand. Here's their top deck. Is it Hela? Mm. (laughs) Like it's uh, one of these is as boring as it may be to you after three months, fundamentally more entertaining gameplay. I think combo is a word that is not accurately represented Agree. In, the, in the English language as well. Because we use the word combo to describe two vastly different strategies. One being deterministic combo decks, one being non-deterministic combo decks, and the non-deterministic ones are the fun ones. But there's like Splinter Twin. That's, that combo is inherently not fun. It is two cards that go together and then they win the game. Like, like I guess, Hella. Right, you like I discard my hand, I'll take Hella, I win. That sucks. It's not fun. But the non-deterministic combo decks, I don't even feel like there have been any in Marvel Snap. I mean, one would probably be Galactus, where you can win Galactus, but you can also win without Galactus. And there's like you can win after using Galactus and you can play Spider-Man, or you can play that and you can play on turn six, you can play Null. I mean, there's just more choices, right? Where the Galactus was pretty deterministic, but sure. Well, yeah, it's hard to find examples in Marvel Snap. There's definitely examples in Magic the Gathering. So a deter- somewhat deterministic, or there is a deterministic combo in the form of Splinter Twin, right? Non-deterministic combo deck, something like Legacy Elves. That's a combo deck. Right. Okay, so like, here's the other thing. Like, If we're going to talk about Magic, when you look at something like those decks, there's a ton of cheap ways to interact with them, and that's what makes them compelling right Mm -hmm. like oh i play my deceiver exarch oh i'm casting splinter twin okay in response i kill your fucking guy right or i counter the spell Mm -hmm. but in marvel snap you can't interact with combo the same way and so in marvel snap it just ends up being did you do the thing because the ways to interact with combo are like rocks and black widow their shit right so then they maybe don't draw the combo but again that's face down to you you don't know if that worked or not they do uh or like you can try to mess up their invisible woman if they're invisible woman hella or you can try to like Eliath their invisible woman or enchantress their tribunal lane but those are cards that like not everyone has right and almost every deck is gonna have some way to interact with the combo in magic Mm. it's gonna be a lot more common to have that whereas in snap it is not common to have that. And for that reason, combos have to be worse 
because if they're ever good enough, it's just like it, it degenerates incredibly fast. So I was going on a tangent as well. So my so my argument, the question I pose to you, Cam, and I'm sorry mm-hmm. to everybody who's never heard of magic, but basically elves is a little deck that draws a lot of cards and it has multiple engines and it's like yeah. it, it doesn't really have it has multiple ways to win the game. Uh, Splinter Twin wins with Splinter and yeah. It just wins with the well, two cards. I mean, it, yeah. It's often hybridized, yeah. but sure. Yeah. Sure, but it usually wins with you play the two cards together, then you kind of win the game. Those two decks, to an extent, are defined by this word called combo, but they are vastly, vastly, vastly Correct. different decks. What the hell is up with that? We need different words. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know. I feel like people just call it like elf ball or whatever. Sure. Okay. We'll take okay. another. We'll take another deck in that. In what's another non-deterministic combo deck? Um, I don't know. Deterministic, something like Doomsday. Non-deterministic, maybe something like Storm. I guess. To an no, extent. no I don't think that counts, right? Like, like, like what you're what you're talking about is like these two are card decks combo versus deck that is not two card combo versus trying to draw your deck. Yes. Like, yeah, something like that. Yeah. I just feel like we get uh, we're we're put a there's a disservice being done by using combo to describe all these different kinds of decks because they're very very different. Can I can I tangent real quick? Yeah. Uh, there are no good ways to describe archetypes in Marvel Snap, but using archetypes from other games and then just saying what they mean is one of the worst. Like, yeah. is Professor X control? What's aggro? What we all yeah. play six <laughs> turns? Like wait, what? Yeah, like are there yeah. like the the, con- the 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 issue. The fundamental issue is the concepts of attrition and card advantage mm. don't exist in this game, unless you are able to actually play all of those cards. You, the advantage is never actually realized. Right? You are not able to trade one for one because what the fuck even is a trade? And so all of these decks, these names for decks came from games where that mattered, where you were trading resources. And in Marvel Snap, you're not trading resources. You're trying to use them more efficiently. And what that means is that none of these archetype names make any sense at all. Midrange, does midrange make sense? Because for me, when I hear Mm -hmm. midrange, I think about I think about cards like pet cards like shang chi or you know threats that are i guess of similar power level i'm about i'm about to fuck with you right how is that not a tempo deck okay yeah that's the problem well tempo is a whole nother can of words (laughs) what does that even mean we talked about what do these words even mean yeah we talked about combo not being an all-encompassing word let's talk about tempo i mean tempo like like mid-range i think typically just means uh in in marvel snap here's what it is take here's what it has become and Mm. i like i I realized this recently in marvel snap when people say mid-range what they mean is the biggest thing in your deck costs four. Not like your biggest dude, but like the, the guy with the highest number, it costs four. Okay. So like Darkhawk, that's a mid-range deck. Uh, Absorbing Man Brood, it's a mid-range deck, right? Most of your points are coming from your four. That's what it means. It's, it, it means that most of your points are coming from there. That, 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 that is, that is all, like most of your points are not coming from your late game. They're coming from your mid game. And that's what people use to mean mid-range. And that's mm-hmm. why... That that's what it is. Yeah, the vernacular is uh, definitely interesting. It, it needs some work. Happened in Flesh and Blood as well. Flesh and Blood is not a deck, that, or not a game that fu- uh, works on the same uh, sort of axes as Magic: The Gathering. People use the same thing. I mean, someone made a really, really, really good video, um, a video essay about Flesh and Blood, talking about um, 
instead of using the archetypes from Magic the Gathering, use the archetypes from fighting games like Super Smash Brothers. So like brawlers and like all this. Other, I can't can't really remember. Exactly. That actually makes sense. It does make sense. It does and it does make sense. It actually made a lot of sense. It was a really good video, but um, it didn't work, did it? Yeah, it did. No, it did. It's like one of the most popular videos in Flesh and Blood. But yeah. like, do people use those definitions or? Nah, nah. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. So it didn't work. Yeah. Right? Like, I mean, the thing is, is that in Flesh, like that's the thing is in Flesh and Blood, your deck is like such a resource that there is no control because there's no there's. In general, there's almost no persistent board states. So control is actually attrition and yeah, I don't know. Yeah. And then the word combo gets misused all the time. And the, I like yep. the, I like the meme on it because there is a one hundred there used to be a one hundred percent based attrition deck that would mill your opponent out of every single card in their deck and then win the game, uh, often that way. And that was my favorite combo deck. Because I block all your cards, you lose your you lose you have no cards left of your deck, combo I win. Yeah, my deck, my 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 combo is uh, every card in my deck. Yeah, <laughs> my combo is like the the cards I'm running. Yeah, I'll you be, comboed on, dude. All right. Well, we yeah, I mean, we're definitely splitting hairs with like my cards combined <laughs> to make me win the game. Prove prove me wrong. It's true. It's true. I mean, that's that's what combo is. <laughs> Everything's combo. All right, let's talk about some of these top decks. So you mentioned as well at the top of the pod, you said, you know, Loki has a great uh, Thanos Blob matchup. Thanos Blob yep. uh, is doing well right now. And it's the reason why people are hating Professor X. And then you also mentioned Bounce is still great, but you it is. lose Darkhawk for Enchantress. What list or do you want to highlight all three? Is there a list you want to highlight in particular? Or do you want to just... It's uh, entirely up to to you. Those uh, are the three the lists list. that matter. So the Flob because it's new. All right. Nico, Okoye, Psylocke, Shang-Chi, Iron Lad, Devil Dinosaur, Professor X, Vision, Dr. Octopus, Blob, Thanos, Magneto. Talk to me about this deck's general game plan and why it has emerged once again. I know you mentioned it at the top of the pod, but just give us the concise rundown. Uh, you. This deck has emerged because Blob is very specifically useful when you have already won a lane. You want to make sure you have already won a lane via either, you know, big units, Professor X, Vision, Iron Lad, things like that, right? You make sure you've won a lane, then Blob will win another one. That's what this deck is built to do. Now, I have made some very specific changes. Mm -hmm. uh, I am not running Jeff and Blue Marvel because if Loki gets your Jeff and Blue Marvel, what they will do is flip your Professor X lane and then you will lose. And that cannot happen. Uh, I am running Nico, even though Mindstone still draws her, because I frankly think that she is still just a little bit too good not to run. I The one card in here that seems a little iffy to me is a Koye, and I'm running her because I have absolutely no better ideas, and she gives you mild advantage in Blob Mirrors. Uh, outside of that... The main thing people are going to wonder about is the Doc Ock. And I, I think Doc Ock is actually just really good right now. <laughs> Doc is uh, pretty powerful. You can also do things like, you know, you have your Shang to win the Doc lanes. You also have a Blob to win the Doc lanes. So like what you can do is you can like win a lane with a Professor X on four, Doc on five, Blob that lane. They probably lose it. And so that is like generally one of the things you do as well. Uh, it's not actually that different from most Thanos decks. A uh, couple other notes. No Eliath because Blob is basically Eliath and you never want to give your opponent that is playing Loki a five cost Eliath. Jesus Christ. And that's pretty much the main changes here. Yeah, it's uh, it's fascinating to me that so many deck building decisions are based off of 
um, the asymmetry of power. Yep. When you you're, play the you're card, you're trying to asymmetry card. the Loki. Yes. Yep. Which is fascinating. <laughs> fascinating. All right. Let's talk about the Loki deck because I actually saw you play this on stream earlier as well, which is Forge, Maria Hill, Nico, Snowguard, uh, Mirage, The Collector, Falcon, Rogue, Werewolf by Night, Beast, Shang-Chi, Loki. So. Yeah, so it's Loki. Yeah. <laughs> Usual suspect. And. Uh, on stream, I went 23 and 12 with it for a 65% win rate and plus 25 cubes. So. Yeah, it's a good deck still. So when you say it has a great flawed matchup, does it have a great flawed matchup? And flawed is thin with Bob. But I think they. I think they know in general. Or, yes. uh, in ge- but does it also have a great matchup against your Thanos Blob deck? I haven't played it against my Thanos okay. Blob deck enough. Because you you said you made multiple deck building considerations. I have beaten it multiple times with my Flob deck, but I haven't played either side of the matchup enough to be sure. Mm-hmm. And yes, I, my, my best guess is uh, there are multiple. First of all, Yo Woody made the Thanos deck. Mm-hmm. And just what happens is every time I play a Thanos deck, it turns into this deck. I, 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 every time I play it, I make the same decisions. And so we end up here again. Uh, but that, that should be mentioned. Second. I think that. Loki into Thlob is very much just like, well, I'm, I need a Loki on four. <laughs> that's that's pretty much the thing you try to do and there's very little that can prevent you from uh winning when you do that that said i i do think i get close with my thanos blob matchup and you don't need it to be like insanely favorable you just need to have lines and i think the key thing that the deck has is an actual line that beats loki by getting that professor x down and then losing priority and playing blob like just having an actual line where you don't have to sit there and think god i hope they didn't get my blue marble <laughs> it's very 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 good yep all right and the last one here is bounce which is the hood forge Korg, nico black widow shadow king falcon werewolf by night beast enchantress sentry annihilus how is this deck in particular uh, position in the metagame this new metagame I think it's still just pretty damn good. <laughs> like it's uh, uh, it's it's damn it's damn strong. Uh, one thing that I have seen recently, uh, Equinox dropped the Enchantress on the Korg for I believe Spider Ham and Hazmat. And the Hazmat's really interesting because Hazmat, you know, it's very good against Thanos, right? You're looking at it, you're like, okay, that's really good against Thanos. It hits all their stuff. I bounce my stuff. It's like asymmetrical. It's like a two ten. That's super super sick. You can flip those Profex lanes. Here's the other thing Hazmat lets you do though. You give them like a forge, a uh, 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 hood, and like a spider ham that all went to zero off a of hazmat with an annihilus. Mm. So that's pretty slick too. Something I think people should be investigating. Uh, I would have played it today. We're recording on Sunday. It was a hot location. I'm not going to play the hazmat deck on a hot location. Like I'm just, I'm not about. I'm not. The hot location was Wakandan Embassy. I'm not playing the hazmat deck on Wakandan Embassy. That seems, it seems stupid to me. Uh, so yes, it, it does seem like, okay, my whole strategy is I need to get these cards down to zero. And there's a location that's like, actually you, you fucking idiot. <laughs> you yeah. don't get to do that. All locations. So I, I would have been playing that today, but instead I played Flob and Loki. Yeah. All right. Well, I mean that, that concludes episode 51. Like we mentioned, episode 52 is next week and 52 weeks makes up one year. If you weren't aware, uh, I guess, 
we kind of figured it out on the fly, but I guess we'll do a mailbag episode. But uh, just be. We'll bit- also have to talk about like the OTA, right? There's an OTA, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, we'll surely hit the news and the headlines yeah. uh, before we get into it, but we'll just say it's going to be a mailbag and ask whatever questions you want. Um, honestly, the more off topic, the better. I don't know. I, I have a question. Yeah. What yeah. is your shirt? Uh, uh, just It's just like a little anime shirt that I've used to work out, to be honest. I got it from like some. Are, are you shop. aware of the implications of it? No. It, well, the, the, you mean like the Supreme? Let's now send. Well, I mean, do you like senpai and like the girl dressed in a schoolgirl uniform and and all that? Uh, to be honest, I'm not. It has, to- <laughs> it has some relatively unsavory implications for what you're into. Is uh, all I. That's all I'm saying. Just something uh, you should be aware of. Nah, I'm not too into the lore there. Uh, but I don't even know who that is. It might be power from Chainsaw Man. I can't really see because I can only see the senpai bit. It's also like completely running away uh like it's solid enough because all uh, i'm saying is that like there are people at the gym who look at you and they see you and they're like that guy's a pervert (laughs) i don't i don't wear this in my public gym i wear this like this is like my uh you know like i'm i'm gonna sweat like a ton like uh on a run or something um yeah i just have like i don't know you're gonna get you're gonna get pulled over on a run officer's gonna be like sir sir what are you doing out here i mean there's there's definitely there's the there's just the 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 struggle of like what shirts do you destroy with your my uh, sweat yes all shirts yeah i'm sweating right now that's my secret (laughs) i'm like i'm like i'm like the hulk dude i'm always sweating like there's no there's no i'm never off yeah um I also, I just need to buy, I just need to buy more clothes. That's what happens when you get older. It's like, you just like start wearing the same shit and you're like, damn, mm-hmm. how am I going to buy mm-hmm. new t-shirts? I don't leave my house. How does that happen? <laughs> <laughs> That's never stopped me, baby. Yeah, how does it happen? What do you do? What do you, I don't know. Anyway. 50 I order them off of like vaguely, maybe maybe copyright infringing screen printing that's websites. Where this shit came that's from, that's what I do. That's, that's exactly where this shirt came from. All right, episode fifty-two. Uh, leave us your questions. You can shoot them below uh, on YouTube. We can submit them in uh, Cam's Discord or just like literally anywhere. Wait, can you submit them in my Discord? I'm just gonna say uh, we can make a. I channel. don't think you can. You'll have to make a channel. I think you have mod perms. Okay. We'll make a channel. I'll tell one of my... Yeah, we'll make a channel. Okay. Episode 52 will be the name of the channel. Uh, Submit questions there. YouTube is probably the best, though. Um, Just do that. All right. Well, if you're listening to this podcast, you enjoy it. Number one thing you can do is leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or at ratethispodcast.com slash snapshot. There's a video version on YouTube at youtube.com slash at the underscore snapshot. Like, subscribe while you're there. Brendan APG, KMS on Twitter. KMS Streaming. In the evenings. Evenings. Most of the time. They they play Marvel Snap in the evenings most of the time. There's Twitch drops, apparently. (laughs) I didn't know. Yeah, I know. There's Twitch drops. They start on the 20th. I had no idea, (laughs) but there are. Well, yeah, I mean, there's Twitch drops. It seems like all the time now. But um, last thing I have to say, Hmm. speaking of anime, because you brought it up. You brought it up. I did think I did. I think I started the greatest piece of media I've ever witnessed in my entire life. And that is a 21 hour YouTube video of berserk that goes through the story very very in in great detail over 21 hours you could just read it in that time you realize that right yes but i can't read it at 1 a.m when i'm listening to my laptop while laying in bed that's exactly when i read all like over the last month i have read the and i like i i just like i got the hankering one day i was like i need to catch up and see what the kids are fucking doing Mm -hmm. so i read all of my hero academia i read all of jujutsu kaisen 
I started Black Clover, but it like like it seems like the writer just doesn't give a shit. And so I got bored and stopped stopped reading that. And of course, I am I am routinely caught up on One Piece. Uh, mm. but have you, have I, you I read Berserk? Like, have you read that? Yeah, of course. Are okay. you shitting me? I read mo- uh, not mo- I read a good portion of it, and then I stopped for one reason or another. And then I picked up this YouTube video, and yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, rest in peace. Like, goddamn. Yeah, it, it, it sucks. It's one of it's one of the great. It's, it's a really remarkable work, and it it does suck that. Kentaro, I don't know how to pronounce his name. Kentaro Miura, I believe, died before he was able to uh, finish it. Finish the story. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Thank you all so much for listening. We'll see you next week for one year.